0: When you think of craft beer, do you think of factories cranking out hundreds of millions of barrels a year? A publicly traded company worth $213 billion? No. You think of this guy, Dave. Steve. You think of independence, entrepreneurship, worn out cargo pants as an acceptable workplace clothing choice. You think of breweries like this one, reviving old neighborhoods, creating culture, putting people to work, doing something for America. Apart from just putting the word on a can, big beer is buying up craft breweries left and right, hoping to take that independence away. If big beer gets their way, you won't be able to find your favorite craft beers at your local bars, stores, and the rest of. Okay, we've hit a dead end here. Can we back up, guys? Just back up. It's a nice small place here. Okay, we're good. And. Um... That's right. Big Beer wants to rob you of the power of choice. They want to muscle us out. Will these folks look muscled out to you? No, they look busy. Does Big Beer honestly think that after years of devoting our time, ourselves, and our resources into our breweries that we're just going to give up, sell out, throw in the towel? No, we won't, because we love beer. We love brewing beer. And, you know, we don't really have a lot extra towels to throw around. Hey, it's Dave again. Steve. Ball in, Dave. We have a better plan. We're gonna buy the biggest of big beers, Anheuser-Busch InBev, before they buy any more of us. You hear that, ABI? We're coming for you first. Pretty soon, you'll all be working for us. It'll be like carnival. (laughs) Yeah, when craft brewers come together, there's nothing we can't do. Usually, it's a big beer festival with a lot of beer and food and maybe a band and stuff. This time, we're going to take on the oppressive Big Beer machine before they can bleed the passion out of the independent craft brewing culture forever. Hey, give me that. Maybe there will be a beer festival, because seriously, those things are super fun. So watch out, Big Beer, because we're taking over, launching the largest crowdfunded campaign in history to raise the $213 billion the market says you're worth. I'm sure it sounds like a lot, because holy crap, it is. But we can do it. For the love of great beer. For the love of brewing great beer. And to make sure that the best beers in the world, craft beers, are available to the best people in the world. Everyone! So join the campaign. Make a pledge at TakeCraftBack.com. And let's do that! Like I said, everyone.
1: USA.
0: Yeah. USA
1: USA USA
2: USA, USA. <laughs>
3: have a drink the show where you learn along with us about what you drink i'm Brittany lee walker
4: i'm justin frazier i'm christopher walker
5: and i'm casey price
4: so that was a nice little video you should all go check out uh, at takecraftback.com we'll talk about that a little more when we get into news so uh yeah i think we've been up to a few things over mm-hmm. the past couple weeks
2: have we had i've been i've been in a coma <laughs>
3: It almost feels like that to us for 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 some some stuff because I've had some sleep issues.
4: <laughs> sleep? What's that?
3: Yeah. Um. But yeah. So we were we were all up kind of late. Uh. Well, it was late for us, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, late later than normal. Uh, on Thursday night. Um, for the Ritual Misery podcast that we were uh, special guests on.
4: Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Ritual Misery is a podcast that. Uh, like Us used to exclusively be a part of Diamond Club, and we are moved, all of us, onto Twitch for now, but it is two lifelong friends, Kent and Amos, who talk about geeky stuff.
3: Wow, it's almost like their exact <laughs> intro, good job.
4: I, uh, yeah, I was <laughs> going to
2: say, like, I'm pretty sure he was reading a doc somewhere. I, I <laughs>
4: may somewhere. have put some effort into learning their opening pitch line. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was trying to think of the exact wording why he was doing it, I was like, uh, it's two geeky
2: friends... No, that's not right. It's <laughs> was too short. How now, brown cow? cow.
4: <laughs> so yeah, we kind of went in and took over, and felt kind of bad afterwards because you all think we banter and run along, run along on here. Yeah, we stretched theirs out to like three hours. It was kind of <laughs> ridiculous.
2: We we can't be trusted. Um, <laughs> that's what we've learned.
4: It was fun though. It was it, we we played games.
3: We talked about various topics, uh, and then we also you know kind of. Educated them a bit on beer. I, I say we. I actually mean Casey. And um, <laughs> it, was, it was all of us for sure. <laughs> but it, it was ask. really interesting to talk about. And then we, you know, at, for those who watch our video show, uh, Amos from uh, Ritual Misery was on our video show. Was it uh, two weeks ago now?
4: Um, or... From recording, mm-hmm. it's been a week.
3: Okay. Yeah. And um, he. Uh, so we were doing the Alaskan pack on that video episode, but he hadn't tried that um, extra one that we got, which was the the coffee brown
4: the heritage coffee brown
3: and so he actually got to try it on ritual misery podcast when we were on and of course he was like this is delicious yeah if you want the companion smells
2: just like coffee oh it tastes so good
4: yeah if you want the companion piece uh you can call it the follow-up for amos trying that beer uh you need to go check them out on youtube and twitch uh just put in ritual misery
3: um and actually i remember their they're oddly enough i remember their bitly because uh, they created a bit.ly for their Twitch. And it mm-hmm, bit.ly right. slash rmplive.
4: Yeah. All um, lowercase, too. So Justin hung in there with them for that, that last stretch because they were going to get the 50 followers on Twitch.
2: And yep. they did it like champions.
4: <laughs> Toughed it out. Uh, I wasn't able to stay on the whole... Oh, you were the only one that st- was able to make it the whole time. <clears throat> uh
2: Look, it's mostly just because I don't know when I'm being told to leave. (laughs) No, you were you were Uh,
3: one of the lucky ones because like it was like eleven thirty when we kind of stopped the official show part, and then I was like, and I'm going to bed because then I got up at four thirty for work.
2: But yeah, no, it was a it was a great time. Uh, that should be coming out Monday, so around the same time, uh, day before this comes out.
3: Uh yeah, I'm hoping to have this up uh Monday, if not by Tuesday.
2: Anyway, by the time you're hearing this, you yeah. can go find us on there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Most recent their... episode. Yes. Yeah.
3: Definitely. Yeah, but so that was a lot of fun and very different for us. So, um, and it was also, I think it was weird for, I think, any of us. We also didn't have any control over <laughs> the the stream, the dock. The, the, dude, we were just there drinking.
4: I, d- I was
2: like, no control over the stream or the dock. Welcome to my world. Well,
3: <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs>
2: I, I don't know
5: about you all, but I, I inserted myself into that doc and started making changes. I, I thought that's what they asked us to do, but it. then then they were like, oh, you didn't put that in there? And talking, to, I think it was Kent talking to AMS about <laughs> it. Like,
2: oh, no, I think I did.
5: <laughs>
2: there I mean, you
3: go. I mean, they shared it with us. You know, we were able to see it. So. <laughs>
2: see it. They told us to put some stuff in if they had topics. So, but,
3: right, the TED Talk thing, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah
2: um that was fun
5: yeah um oh sorry i just yawned <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, sorry we're putting you to sleep here okay <laughs> i know
5: I, no. <laughs> it's been a we stayed up late speaking of we stayed up <laughs> late last night for a uh a party we had our halloween party last night and hmm. um at my, my wife's sister's my sister-in-law's place uh there in lexington and so i made jello shots <laughs> And we ended the night by playing it wasn't spin the bottle, but it was like jello shot roulette, because I had five different jello shots. I made a good variety of the I made a so the the show um Bottom Rogue.
2: Oh, yes. you made the, the, the old fashioned
5: Those were not old fashioned. That bothered me oh. as as he was making them. Those are not old fashioned no. they're they're more like Manhattan's or closer to yeah, Manhattan. Yeah,
2: they're closer but... to a Manhattan. But it the oh. idea was to, to make it close to that
5: so i i did a very similar version of that except i added some cherries into the boil and um and used instead of simple syrup i used what's called triple sex syrup and it's an orange flavored syrup that you can get at any pretty much any liquor store should have it it's non-alcoholic but it's like a simple syrup you just pour it in and and it adds an orangey flavor and then on top, uh, I put the cherries. Actually, are inside some macerated cherries are inside the jello shot, hmm. so it's kind of got that fruit thing going on. And then on top, I had little uh, twists of orange peel, and Jeez. so you would you would twist your orange peel over the jello shot before you took it. Oh wow! So we did that. Yeah, it was, it was delicious. Um, and you can even eat the if you used candy orange peel, you could even eat the orange peel. I just it takes two days to candy that stuff. So, um, and then I did a mojito um a fuzzy navel for the ladies mm. a um, uh, uh, uh a mint julep and
2: ah I had, the racist mojito
5: <laughs> and i had because I, I wanted to try to double up on ingredients as much as possible and make different flavored shots so um, i had rum and bourbon and so those are two things that kind of held everything together then the last one i went to the uh, to the little uh gift shop there at the hotel and picked up a bottle of Pepsi and boiled it down into a Pepsi syrup and used that as a uh, cherry Pepsi bourbon uh, jello mm. shot. Oh, wow. Okay. It was pretty delicious. All those but sound I
4: good. I think. Does anyone else have anything that they've been uh, been doing?
2: Been dull. I, the only thing that could to break the, the doldrums of my, my daily existence is uh, hearing a little bit of beer news.
4: Well, you're jumping ahead. Come on. No. <laughs> Let's do some announcements first.
3: Right. Yeah. You guys, Look, I'm
4: not looking at the doc. <laughs>
3: <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. So you guys got to meet up and we've got our next few packs for the video show. So we have a, the schedule be, will be updated by the time this comes out. So yay. Um, our next video episode is going to be Saturday, November 11th at 9 PM Eastern time. And it's going to be over the Deschutes variety pack. Um, we're just, it's just going to be fun that episode. And then, uh, the audio episode after that should be posted around November twenty first, and we will be talking about cider, finally. Which I, it's odd to me that we haven't done cider by by now.
4: But yeah. Hey, you can't cram it all in for the
5: jokes. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah.
4: Yes. Prepare jokes. <laughs> prepare for an hour of bad puns.
2: Nope, nothing's coming to mind. I don't know what you guys are talking about.
4: <laughs> all right. Good. Okay, uh, I believe we will now scoot into the news. Uh. So yeah, the video we opened with, that was the Take Craft Back, I don't know, rally cry from the Brewers Association, and uh, it is all symbolic. Do not actually think they are trying to legitimately raise $213 billion. Uh, There's a lot of places you can go to get the numbers of exactly how impossible that is. And uh, it's funny, because they're just like, no, nothing's impossible, and just, you know, going for it. And they even state on the website, to raise the $213 billion, it would take every person in the U.S. that's not 21 enough, That's every single living being in this country donating $653.37. Or if we were able to get every single person in the world, it would be $28.78 per person.
2: I mean that sounds that sounds reasonable.
4: <laughs> Everyone that, in the world.
2: How much are they trying to get uh 213 Two, billion. 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 billion with 213 AB. billion. Yeah. That's
4: okay. the that's the market appraisal of and Bev. Yeah. So if you go right now they have a nice little meter that's depressingly low but the money raised so far is <laughs> 3 I million
2: mean, the... oh, Go ahead.
4: It, uh, they've raised three million one hundred six thousand seven hundred and thirty dollars from nine thousand seven hundred and twenty-three people.
3: Oh, it actually keeps going up. I just went now yeah,
4: to the no, website. I, yeah, I'm
2: seeing three million one hundred uh, and eleven thousand nine hundred and forty.
4: Okay, so since I opened the website <laughs> like an hour ago, they've raised that much money. Like it. That's fine. It is shooting up <laughs> fast, but what... that is
2: that is that is substantial amount of money. Oh, in yeah. all fairness.
4: Yeah, Very and so. so if you go and look things up, it says, like, oh, they are, you know, taking money now. They are not taking any money if they have little pledge buttons for ten, fifty, a hundred, and a thousand dollars. Now, whichever one you click, they say if they are to raise the amount of money, they will then come a knocking for what you've promised to give them. But, Kickstarter rules apply. <laughs> yeah, so you don't have to owe them anything if they don't hit the goal, and you know, odds are they're not going to hit the goal but you do get free stuff depending on your pledge level. Uh, They are already out of t-shirts and hats, but you can still get koozies and stickers. But the whole thing is just to raise awareness for, if you're listening to this podcast, what you already know is, you know, big beer buying up all the small brands. And it's a funny video. A lot of people were mad. They're like, oh, they're making themselves look like a joke. It's like, no. I mean, if you can't poke fun at yourself, what are you even doing?
2: Because the whole idea is, in and of itself, so unlikely, it's almost laughable. Yeah, but you know, it's it's an awareness campaign. It's meant to to l- get people to be aware of of craft beer and of you know how. I I, well, I guess that's probably what part of it is. But it's you know, it's it's this is from the Brewers Association, though. Correct. I'm not insane yeah. when I think that. Right? No, it
4: is yeah. the Brewers Association officially doing this. Like uh, they put the new seal as part of this campaign. And, I mean, it's it's interesting to watch and see just how much money to this idea people and craft beer drinkers are willing to put up.
2: Like, like I said, th- over $3 million is not an insubstantial amount of money. It just looks super small compared to, you know, billions.
4: Yeah, yeah. but uh, I don't know. I haven't seen anywhere, like, when the campaign ends. But keep in mind, this is just two weeks in, and that's how much money they've raised. Hmm.
2: They could theoretically run this for years and probably still <laughs> not hit enough.
4: Yeah, what yeah. I'm
5: Unless A.B. and Beth takes a nosedive because you know, some somebody finds out they're putting, I don't know, dead rats into their beer.
2: <laughs> they find out they're putting metal shavings
4: into their Goose Island beer. <laughs> or glass into the uh, Corona. <laughs> oh, wait so I do like they
5: have a tracker there um about how far along they are
2: yeah and they you have yes yeah. and they have hilarious things if you hover over the yeah. uh, the actual milestones yeah well some of them are hilarious but like you know first one they don't tell you how much the milestones are but it's like it's a start and then like oh we're making it happen and you get to like halfway through this is really like a lot of money uh <laughs> Then we need to open up another bank account. And uh the next to last one is A B and Bev is getting nervous and the very last one, we're as surprised as you <laughs>
4: <laughs> But no, it's I mean, they knew it was comical, so they're playing it and I fully support it. It's great. I, the video just gets me pumped up. I love it.
3: So what are they so what are the plans to do, to do with video. the money otherwise?
4: There is no money if they don't hit the goal.
5: Okay. It's an all or nothing, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. gotcha. Uh, I also kind of laugh when you watch the video. You're just like, they threw some women in there just to get rid of the, just to make sure it wasn't all beards.
4: No, there are very few beards in this video when you go through it. One, two, three, four, are, five, six. They're clean-shaven men. There's like. There's two, one.
3: one. There's literally <laughs> one guy without a beard.
4: Okay, and he's kind of like. Friend. And then there's
3: like a, there' two chicks.
4: Yeah, everyone else
2: has some level of beard. <laughs>
3: That's probably a requirement, well,
2: right? Like, that
4: I one mean, guy was
3: like beard, beard. Like, that's... I mean, I
4: put the requirement on it. <laughs> okay,
2: I see. I
5: see Upslope's Matt Cutter, and from Dogfish Head, Sam Caligione that have that are beardless.
2: <laughs> I don't see them in the thing, but they're no, not, not they're not like... in the video. They're, you, you're... Oh, okay, in yeah. that
5: the video, the video. video. not yeah.
2: the okay. not the people talking. Yes,
4: uh, gotcha. Sam Caligione has put a video out supporting this campaign wholly and truly
3: um sam adams has has come out in support um oh gosh oh there's tons of people yeah there's a bunch of like well-known breweries who are just but sam recorded
4: like a good two or three minute video declaring dogfish's support to this cause and how they're all about this movement so it was that was pretty great yeah but all right you all are probably sick of hearing about that (laughs) so let's move on to some other actual news So, from Good Beer Hunting, we have Stone Brewing's uh, COO, Pat Tiernan, resigning. Sure. Again, we we can never say names. (laughs) So, Stone, or at least I can't. Stone Brewing is down an executive following the resignation of its chief operating officer, Pat Tiernan. Uh, This is researched by GBH. The San Diego Brewery confirms Tiernan has stepped down but declined to specify why he resigned, who might replace him, or if there were any other resignations. We do not have a statement on this simply based on the facts that there's nothing more to share, says the company's spokesperson via email. I can however confirm that it's an accurate fact.
2: Tiernan? That that sounds a little ominous.
4: (laughs) Yeah, Stone's been in a bit of trouble over the past year. You know, they laid off how many of their workers it was a third or more
2: uh let's see i know later in the article it says they proceeded to cut about five percent of their workforce okay, about 5%. a month after cutting and largest leaving the yeah now they I'm not sure how many they cut at first but they, they've had uh, several large cuts recently
4: yeah they've been downsizing to match the slowed growth yeah. So, uh, Tiernan had been with the company since September of 2012, according to his LinkedIn profile. Glad they went as far as that. Don't look it up. Uh, <laughs> serving as CEO, COO.
2: Tell how, how you fine news. You just go to LinkedIn. Yeah, really. Oh.
1: Sometimes.
4: <laughs> <laughs> as the brewery built out new facilities in Richmond, Virginia, and Berlin, Germany, uh, in fact, Tiernan served as the de facto point man for the Richmond Project, having handled a considerable amount of press correspondence related to the expansion. And he starred in a video produced by the city's Economic Development Agency about the brewery and even spoke about it at the governor's mansion as the company readied itself for construction. Uh, yeah, it's... We've seen a lot of these coming around. you got to wonder if he's going to pop up somewhere else. Uh, Stone has really... They've seen a high number of executives leaving and moving to other positions or just flat out retiring from the industry
2: oh yeah no like there's it's been weird because it's just like you you anytime you like you see stone in the headlines anymore i kind of have expected him to say something like well and this person is now longer no longer there
4: Hmm. yeah this is the whole thing is uh, i don't know like they are still putting out a good product every one of their new beers i keep trying and the uh enjoy by Mm -hmm. thing that they've had going on or enjoy before has been like all those beers have been you know knockouts it's i'm just confused i think it's
2: probably just has more to do with uh the slowdown of the whole market there's so many so many options out there that they're not seeing as big a growth and uh, as they had been in years past so they've
5: they only had a five percent growth last year so yeah
4: yeah, and that was the layoffs helped correct that. Uh, they had been, I mean, a lot of breweries were hiring, expanding, as though the growth was never going to slow; that it was just going to keep going. And yeah. they, you know, kind of got a little bit of a slap in the face that they had to come back to reality. And it's, it was sad that they had to lay people off. But I don't know if he's kind of taking the fall for something, or <laughs> he's just maybe it's a toxic corporate culture they have. Because they've seen so many executives turn over,
5: well it uh, what what's probably more likely is that he's <laughs> i go back to the old jeff Foxworthy joke um when she says we need to see other people if she has not already uh, uh it, what what's the way it goes if she hasn't already um uh, isn't already riding the horse, she's already picked it out and got the saddle, yeah so. <laughs> Um, he's got something probably lined up or if he doesn't already, he's got somebody that's already given him calls to say, hey we'd love to have you over here and, and help us out we're, we're trying to grow to be what Stone is now
2: yeah, so. it, it could also be that he he chose to leave rather than
4: yeah, right. yeah, which is I'm led to believe that is the case, that he was leaving He may, it could be like New Belgium where they lost uh, their COO and suddenly she turned up heading a beverage company somewhere else mm-hmm. where it was, yep. it was like non-alcoholic beverages like juices and stuff and you're like alright
5: <laughs> it's all beer's just a product and um, if your manufacturing process is very similar you know to be CEO someplace like that that's not a big change
1: yeah
4: and I do have to sneak in I'm dying to find it uh, I've seen a few people checking into it but it's not hit our market yet but the uh, Neapolitan ice cream stout that they just mm-hmm. put out oh can't wait to find that somewhere (laughs) all right uh scoot on into the last story here so goose island in trouble again on a bourbon county variant Uh, goose island not releasing bourbon county brand barley wine reserve 2017 this year Uh, so there's one less 2017 bourbon county variant being released by goose island beer company this year chicago-based brewery has announced that it will not be releasing the bourbon county brand barley wine ale reserve A barley wine ale aged for 20 months in 35-year-old Heaven Hill barrels. According to the brewery, the reason is because it doesn't taste like what we wanted it to. Uh, The beer was aged for nearly two years in 35-year-old bourbon casks, and it was one of our most ambitious barrel projects to date, Um, says the brewmaster at Goose Island in a post on the brewery's website. You know that that we're both reusing barrels and lengthy aging time can put us in a vulnerable situation, but why not try it? Well, as it turns out, it doesn't taste like we wanted it to. Uh, there will be at least six different Bourbon County variants that you can choose from, aside from that one, and all will be in 500 milliliter bottles this year. You
5: can you can go ahead and say, "Not like we wanted it to" means it's infected.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's was this another infection? Or... Oh, yeah, absolutely.
5: That's that's exactly what it was because you it, those two things, time and Non-sanitary barrels by reusing them uh, make infection more likely, and that's what's that's what's happened here. It's and no, th- didn't was it last year the barley one or was it the year before the barley one had a problem? Uh, it was uh, last year.
4: Uh, I think it was last year. It, Some of them last year had a problem, and then it was two or three years ago that we had the mass infection in just the base Bourbon County brand stout.
2: Yeah, um, I mean it. <laughs> I know it's it. On the one hand, you're you're looking at this going like, they invested all the the production needs for almost two years of work, and um you know, it, yeah, maybe it's probably it's got infected or something yeah. about the flavor didn't come out come out right. You know, like an infection. Um, but well, this
5: is this is last year's beer. This is, yeah. and it, it, it's that's aged extra long. Like yes. it, it should have been released last year, it wasn't. It was released this year instead, and yeah. by doing that, they're just taking the same batch that was infected last year, and and bringing it over.
2: Yeah. So I, what I'm just saying, Eli, is like the, there's a there's a lot of investment that they they well I don't know how much but there's there's a some amount of investment they put into this and it's they're not going to see anything from it but I guess it's better to do that than to put out something that's gonna you know really hurt the. Hmm.
1: Kurt, yeah. the brand
2: name as it were of uh bourbon, bourbon county price, yeah.
3: well and yeah. it it's looking at the list here because it, it does list out like everything else that they're putting out of the variants and um they're still putting out a barley wine it's just that this this is the reserve version of that so like the the special aged longer etc but yeah. they're still putting out the barley wine aged in fresh bourbon barrels
4: yeah i was really looking forward to this one because the regular barley wine they do is amazing i love i didn't I wasn't huge into barley wines until I had that one. And then I was like, Oh my, <laughs> like that, that sold me big time. <clears throat> but yeah, you still have five other beers uh, that you'll have a chance at. So the other variants that they're doing, well, you have your base bourbon County brand stout 2017, uh, Imperial style aged in heaven Hill bourbon barrels. And then you're going to have your bourbon County brand stout reserve, <coughs> which is Imperial style aged in freshly 11 year old knob Creek or freshly dumped. I guess they didn't, Really finish that statement. 11-year-old Knob Creek Bourbon Barrels. uh, Your Bourbon County brand Coffee Stout, uh, Imperial Stout, aged in bourbon barrels with Black Cat Espresso Coffee from Intelligentsia Coffee in Chicago. Hmm. Uh, You got your proprietor's Bourbon County brand Stout 2017, which you're going to have to go to Chicago, and they've already done the lottery giveaway for those beers. So upon hearing this, if you haven't already been, if you weren't there that day for that, you will not get that beer. Uh, imperial yeah. style aged in bourbon barrels with bananas roasted almonds and
3: cassia, bark. cassia See, bark. that's the one that Ooh. sounds most exciting to me like compared that, to all of
4: these like that one changes up every year so uh, the proprietors annoying. it's a chicago exclusive and there's a lottery to get bottles or to get tickets to get your bottles on black friday <laughs> to get
2: tickets to get the chance to get bottles yeah uh.
4: pretty much And they change that one up every year, and it's always something off the wall. And I will see the best stuff, and I will never get to try it. Uh, So, finishing up here, we got Bourbon County brand Northwood Stout 2017 Imperial style, aged in bourbon barrels with blueberry juice and almond extract added. Nope. I'd give that a (laughs) shot.
2: I would say,
3: I'd, I'd probably try to drink that. I would normally try it, but we had one this weekend at a bottle share that was aged bourbon barrel aged and had blueberries in it and it was horrendous it was it
4: was like synthetic blueberry it, it was did artificial not, blueberry yeah it didn't make it out of the bourbon barrel very well the but aging this
3: is, taste was just not good this one
4: is blueberry juice so yeah. i don't know we can see how that will
5: turn out yeah i don't because the juice really doesn't have a t- blueberry juice doesn't have a ton of flavor in it does it
4: mm. a lot of that
5: blueberry flavor comes to, from the skin
4: yeah mm. it, it'd be pretty tart so I don't know. We'll. What yeah. the, I have a feeling we won't get a chance to see, but we'll wait and see what you know the market and everyone on a yeah. tap says.
5: I like. I like the idea that some of these mark that they are aged in bourbon barrels, and some mark as aged in fresh bourbon barrels. Hmm. Mm, yeah. So that means that they're reusing. I mean, w- from this article, it it let me know something about this brand specifically. They're reusing the barrels, um, right. which was not something that I, I thought they would do. And knowing that now, it makes a whole lot more sense why it took to now or last year for them to have an infection issue. Because Mm. last year, maybe the year before was when barrels started getting more and more scarce. Yeah. And so they started started saying, well, we'll just reuse that way we can do it again and and we can keep pumping up our volume. But they, you know, would explain why they also
2: started pasteurizing them, too.
5: And they pasteurize the beer, but as it goes into the barrel, it that does not. Um, there's well, really, I mean, there's you can sulfur the barrel, mm-hmm. but that's about it. Uh, you put. I'm just
2: gonna say would it, well, that would cut that wouldn't that cut down at least a little bit on the odds of a. Uh...
5: So it would cut down if you like these that are aged months um, in in the bourbon barrel. I don't know how many months. If it's if it's ten months, that's ten months prior to pasteurization that these beers have time to be infected and get that bad flavor. Uh, okay Um, whatever whatever goes in the bottle and is pasteurized at that moment the flavor of the beer will change very little um but whatever happens up to that point is wild game
4: okay and uh we'll finish off the bourbon county brand barley wine ale 2017 it's a barley wine ale aged in fresh bourbon barrels so in addition to all those goose island has uh filed a keg label with the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau for 2017 Double Barrel Bourbon County Brand Stout, a 17.2% ABV Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels. Jesus. So that'll be a keg only affair that will Probably be. Probably a
5: special event only.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And that. Be like
5: the utopia, kind of hard to find.
4: Mm. Yeah, that sounds pretty amazing. Uh,. Yeah, all but one of the different bottled Bourbon County brand releases will be available nationwide starting on the day after Thanksgiving, uh, which this year falls on November 23rd. I think me and Casey were talking about we might do a live stream while waiting in line. Cause... Yeah, because we've
5: got nothing else to do for three and a half hours while we wait. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fair enough. I, I looked it up Twitch. To stream to Twitch, it only takes like, I don't know, 600 megs of streaming bandwidth per, um, or not even bandwidth, data her hour and so i've got a pretty big data plan that i've never reduced we don't use it all usually most months unless i'm off on business so um we may be able to do that and even at that i've got to download like my entire podcast library in one afternoon
4: (laughs) 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 okay so yeah that's gonna wrap up news and i think we do have a little bit of untapped
1: get riggedy riggedy wrecked yeah, so
3: it's not so much a, a normal week. Um, it's been few and far between on the badge thing. Um, well, but...
4: Yeah, we've got some core badges. Yeah, it's
3: a, it's a core badge update, which is always nice still. Um, it, so a special note on this is, like, they're not retroactive unless you have that setting enabled in the app. Because um, you can actually just turn that on to have badges be retroactive. I feel like that's less fun, honestly. Um, anyway, so... Uh, a few new ones here so we've got 99 bottles um check into five beers with the serving style of bottle so that's not terribly hard um you've got draft city uh check into five beers with the serving style of draft uh daily checker check in uh, a check in a beer every day of a calendar week Jeez, that's like alcoholic in college. a row you gotta um, do seven days in a row yeah, seven a row. days in a row but yeah, that kind of moves my point more um for the can check into five beers with the serving style of can and then session life check into five different beers with the style of ipa session
2: Um, and just say daily checkers because it just feels like for me like it's like when i go uh to the same fast food place too many times and they recognize me like (laughs) yeah well i can't do this anymore they're like see you
4: tomorrow (laughs) and you're like i can never come here again i I have to i have to move
2: they know your name and everything
4: yeah all those are uh up to a hundred in level except for daily checker yeah well that
3: makes
5: sense (laughs) um oh for two years in a row i checked into a beer every day
1: jesus Um,
3: uh
2: they they also have some badge votes
4: in there for for new ones yes Yes. always remember to go vote for new badges um
2: because oh. one of them in there, uh, shouldn't have found I shouldn't find that was kind of neat. I still, I still want Brew at the Zoo to get in there, so you can get drunk at zoos and aquariums. <laughs> yeah. Oh
3: yeah. Uh, oh. I'm still, I'm really surprised Ned the Flander hasn't made it to official badge status yet. It's.
2: I feel like it's been on there every time we've had these, and it's always like, in the top four or five, but never quite. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. <laughs> eh, Ned Flanders. Yeah.
3: It's it's <laughs> the fourth on the top four, so I'm like, ah, come on. 376 votes uh, so i don't know how many we did it talk to get... chris
2: and bob we
5: talked a little bit about changing up a little bit on untapped and how we kind of did that so out of these five new badges do you want to pick a badge that we try to get this week
2: oh or before oh, the next the new... try
5: before the next audio show get like one uh, let's level.
2: not make let's not make a daily checker
3: yeah i can't do that
5: uh-huh.
2: one yeah not um... daily checker how um... about draft city uh that's Five not. I, I think I was gonna say let's do 99 bottles. That seems the most achievable okay. one. Yeah. Yeah. First, first goal, make it easy. I think yeah. the yeah.
3: bottle or the can. I've got would be easy.
2: I've got that many in the fridge right now. I can. So um, it'll be
4: to get the badge or level yourself up.
5: Hmm. Yeah, and for us it should be getting the badge at this point.
4: Uh, actually, Let's already, be
5: retroactive. I already got it. <laughs>
4: uh,
5: of, course, of course.
3: I don't know if I have that setting turned on in my app actually, with like the retroactive thing. Hmm. I feel like that's not... Because then you are you don't really get to do the journey to the badge. It's like, yeah. you definitely already got the badge. And it's like, oh, okay. That's not really in fun. In fairness,
2: you definitely already got the badge, though. Probably. <laughs> like, in the case of bottles, like, yeah. No, you've...
3: Easily, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I just feel like that's not fun. Because it's like, oh, okay. What are you really doing then? Like, then you just suddenly have in- it's, Insta-badges. It,
2: here's what we're going to do. Because even... Like, it's it's going to be to level it up. So Because yeah. odds are, if we have it retroactive, we'll hit rank whatever we gotta get to the next rank yeah okay yeah. so good.
4: we'll uh check back in on the video episode next week audio
2: well, well we'll also many... we got this, this yeah no we'll, we'll
4: hope to achieve it by the next audio episode but okay. we'll check in to see how everyone's doing mm. by the video sounds good
2: it also help me remember to check into my beers because that is a there's a problem i have
4: mm. yeah growing problem so let's go ahead and scoot into our tasty topic
2: If only this thing was here on Thursday (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, uh, we haven't actually mentioned what the topic is today (laughs) Uh, Mystery topic Unless you're reading the title of the podcast (laughs) Uh, Or if you've forgotten by this point We're talking about smoke beers today so, a uh, little bit about the history. The process of using smoked malts has been adapted by craft brewers to many styles. German brewers have tra- traditionally used smoked ma- malts Smoked mocks. <laughs> uh,
4: smoked mocks, my favorite.
2: Uh, smoked malts in Bach, Doppelbach, uh, Weissbier, Dunkel, Schwarzbier, Helles, Pils, and other specialty uh, styles. Earlier kilting innovations were not uh, necessarily available, affordable, or desired by many pre-industrial brewers. Uh, brewing was largely a local or homestead endeavor, with rural areas being quite isolated, and the malt was influenced heavily by a uh, by the curing method and fuel type. So, you know, fire that thing with coal, you get a different flavor, I assume, than if you fire it with wood. Hmm. That's my guess. I, I don't so. know. I'm a moron. You <laughs> might find you're out. Not, you're not a moron. Uh, Hold on, I have to drink. Um, (laughs) uh, In the old days, uh, I just like the quotation marks, in the old days, uh, most beers were smoked. It wasn't due to a specific uh, liking for the flavor, but due to the lack of modern malting techniques. Uh, According to Radical Brewing by Randy Mosher, uh, prior to the Industrial Revolution, malt was uh, was cured with common fuel of the region. Uh, In Europe, this meant wood out of the out on the north part of the Boggy Islands of Britain in Ireland, uh, ancient compact peat was burned, as was straw, which gave it a less smoky taste. Ah, uh, peat. The thing <laughs> we'd use for uh, for making scotch.
4: Mmm, Lagavulin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's not less smoky, Chris. In the desert... Uh, Yeah, okay. In the desert where beer was born, trees were scarce uh, and natural energy source. The sun was available in abundance. Consequently, very pale sun-dried malts could be easily produced if needed. Malt was also shaped into conical cakes, like big muffins, and baked in bread ovens uh, that would have been powered by some locally fueled, possibly dried ox dung or something equally pungent. Um, Red and black beers are mentioned in ancient Sumeria. Uh, and the killing of beers would have uh, picked up some of the smoked flavor. You know, I'm all for trying historically <laughs> accurate, but ox dung flavored beer might, I'll, I'll might pass. be drawn. Yeah, it's kind
4: of like the chicha. I'll pass. It's all, yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's one way.
2: Ox dung and chicha, hard pass. <laughs> So common was the smokiness uh, that little was made of it until the end of the Middle Ages, when brewing became less domestic and more commercial. Brewers began comparing, experimenting, documenting, and noting the attributes and flaws of their curing fuels. Virtues of straw and wood were touted largely because they were cheap and renewable. Uh, Wood was becoming scarce in the 16th century in England, so straw often became the default utilitarian fuel. Coal was also used extensively, but it was taxed heavily and was impure and nasty. Technical uh, term. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some of, uh, that's why you need to use propane and propane accessories. <laughs> uh, some uh, some reprieve from this rough character came in the 17th century, the advent of indirect malting kilns and coke fuel, uh, an ultra clean version of coal. This combination uh, expedited the inception of pale, uh, essentially smoke-free malt. Coke was specifically put to use on early for that. You put the (laughs) my tongue just completely shut down on me. I'm sorry. Uh, Take ninety-seven. Coke was specifically put to use uh, early on for malting in Derbyshire in 1642, uh, but it was expensive and not feasible for large-scale brewing. The beer of choice in England at the time was the porter, made with brown malt, uh, cured with kilns uh, fired by wood. It was kept for several months and after reduce reduced the smokiness, which was never eliminated entirely. The dark, smoky, aged brews uh, was fancied by the masses. There is copious historical documentation from this era as much of editorial, uh, and it seems that smoky flavors were either loved or loathed by brewers. Either way, this malt allowed brewers to realize a great profit while simultaneously satisfying the hoi polloi. Uh, as far back as the 17th century, brewers were rallying against smoky beers. Coal and later coke fired kilns made the switch to cleaner malt flavors possible. Uh, progress reigned supreme, and the trend toward lighter, cleaner, crisper flavors meant the end of smoky beers nearly everywhere. Cover your ears, Brittany. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, by the end of the 19th century, smoky uh, smoky notes were gradually disappearing from the malt. Traditional porter was essentially non-existent by the mid-century, thanks to drum kiln uh, and an advance pale ale and log. In the advance of pale ale and lager, uh, the magical marriage of smoke and porter had recently been rekindled by a few adventurous microbrewers. Uh, it's a wonder they ever fell out of flavor. Uh, Germany produces the only continually continuously surviving smoked beer, Rouch beer. Mm. And the correct. I'm sure. not yeah. sure if beer. I say that right. Rausch. Rausch. Rauschbier hmm. uh, is uh, often considered a specific style, but those who make it usually incorporate some smoked malt into their style, such as Bach, Helles, and Weizen, uh, which designates them as such. Historically, German brewers differed from English counterparts in several ways. Coal was not used extensively in Germany, leaving maltsters to rely mostly on wood. It was abundant, allowing some selective and... Uh, some selectivity and beach eventually won out as best. German brewers were also more likely to do their own on-site malting. Uh, this personal connection to the, uh provide an essential link between the raw material and the finished product. Uh That sounds very funny to me. Like, have you, do you have a personal relationship with your malt and brewer? And wood. Um, and wood.
4: <laughs> I can say I do. <laughs>
2: Uh, like the rest of Europe, German brewers were uh, largely moved away from wood curing malt in the 18th century, early 18th century. Thankfully, not everyone hitched their wagon to this fad. Several brewers uh, in Greater Bamberg uh, continued to dry their malt as they always had. They were content with their uh, familiar medium and wise enough to value, to value and embrace tradition, ironically, visionary. Uh, Bambergers have always loved their specialty, but uh, is now considered a must-visit ticket on any beer hunter's itinerary. It's the real home. Uh, it is the real home of smoked beer and, appropriate enough, the cradle of European brewing.
4: Ah oh, yes, I'd like to hear back from uh, Kent if he ever had any traditional hmm. smoked beers yes. at Bamberger. We have some BJCP varieties here. Uh, the BJCP recognizes five different and distinct varieties of beer. They contain uh, smoked qualities. They are... Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Lichtenheiner?
4: Lichtenheiner. Uh guessing. Pivo Grodzki? Yeah. Yeah. Rausch beer? Uh, classic style smoked beer. That one's easy. And specialty smoked beer.
2: Oh, that's even easier.
4: <laughs> yeah. These five styles represent the uh, history of smoked beers as well as allowing their further growth in the category. So they are going to come in uh, at 27. So 27A is historical beer, Uh is a sour, smoked, lower-gravity, historical German wheat beer. Complex yet refreshing character. There's so many things going on <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah, that's <laughs> a lot in this one. Complex yet refreshing character due to a high attenuation and carbonation, along with low bitterness ...and moderate sourness, uh, originating in Lichtenhain, in... Oh,
3: God. Central Germany.
4: Let's just say Central Germany. In Central Germany. Height of popularity popularity was towards the end of the 1800s... ...and was widely available throughout Central Central Germany. Germany. (laughs) Like a pre-1840 Berliner Weiss, uh, in the same general historical lower-alcohol... ...top-fermenting Central European wheat beer family... <laughs> Sorry, it's just a very specific family. Yeah, as, well, <laughs> the family containing uh, Gosa and Grodsky Yeah, Grodzki, Godzilla. A, yeah. <laughs> and Berliner Weiss. this one, you know. Has elements of all of them, but having its own unique balance, uh, sour and smoke is not found in any of the other beers. Not as acidic as the Berliner Weiss, probably more like a smoked Gosa without coriander and salt, or a Grodzki with with ghost like acidity. Yeah, so.
3: Smoked Gosa sounds flipping phenomenal. I'm down.
4: So, your (laughs) vital statistics uh, on those on the Lichtenheiner. So, you're going to see IBUs ranging from 5 to 12, and ABVs from 3.5% to 4.7%. So, yeah, that's real low on and kind of sessionable at least on the IBUs and abv maybe not so much on the sourness hmm. all right so i get more of these mouthful ones <laughs> so again uh another part of the 27a category you're gonna get historical beer I, i'm saying it like a v there's, because i'm assuming so these are. Yeah. it a, is
2: there's a pronunciation ah, right there in the doc oh
4: pivo gro no G- Pivo Grojskiya Pivo Yeah. Gro, Gis- uh, it's a low gravity, highly carbonated, light-bodied ale combining an oak smoke flavor with a clean, hot bitterness. This beer is highly sessionable.
2: <laughs> I do like it. It is that as like comments produced uh, pronounced in English as this Thank you, BJCP. (laughs) Although, should have that earlier in there. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Should (laughs) have led with that. Should have led with that. A little bit. So, uh, meaning Grodzki's beer, or Grodzki beer, uh, known as Gratzer. Yeah, Gratzer. In German-speaking countries and in some beer literature, uh, traditionally made using a multi-step mash, a long boil of about two hours and multiple strain. Wow, two about two hours. When we did our homebrew, what was it? An hour? Hour. Yeah. So it's about double the time. Uh, and multiple strains of ale yeast. The beer is never filtered, but uh, but isinglass is usually is used to clarify before bottle conditioning. Okay. Uh, traditionally served in tall conical glassware to accommodate the vigorous foam stand. Oh, yeah. So, big head on that one, I'm guessing. This beer developed... We're all
2: just waiting in our heads. That's what she said. Don't say
4: it. You're better than this. This beer developed as a unique style centuries ago in the Polish city of Grodzki. I'll never say it right. Known as the Graz, uh, when ruled by Prussia and Germany... Its fame and popularity rapi- rapidly extended to other parts of the world in the late 19th and early 20th century. Uh, regular commercial production declined after World War II and ceased altogether in the early mid-1990s. The style description describes the traditional version during its period of greatest popularity. The grain bills usually consist of entirely an oak-smoked wheat malt. Oak-smoked wheat malt has a different and less intense smoke character than German Beechwood smoked barley malt. It has a drier, crisper, leaner quality. A bacon ham flavor is inappropriate. Oh man. Is it? Um, (laughs) Look, we're going to talk about that later. Trust me. (laughs) So it's going to come up (laughs) similar in strength to a Berliner Weiss, uh, but never sour as a smoked character, but less intense uh, than a Roush beer. So your IBUs on this one are coming up a little at 20 to 35, and ABVs actually drop from to 2.5% to 3.3%, pretty much making it a near beer.
1: Wow.
3: Okay, uh, the next one on the list, um, we're actually into category 6B. So kind of jumping around. Uh, yeah, those,
5: so those, those first two are like where where the smoked beer has come from Mm. roush beer is kind of where it is now like there's those two styles there's really nobody making those okay so this is like
3: the historical ones so roush
5: beer this one's what people are currently making as they make smoked beers
3: gotcha okay um so roush beer is like a Merzen but with a balanced sweet smoky aroma and flavor and a somewhat darker color Uh, An elegant, malty German amber lager with a balanced, complimentary beechwood smoke character. Toasty rich malt in aroma and flavor, restrained bitterness, low to high smoke flavor, clean fermentation profile, and an attenuated finish are characteristic. Literally, smoke beer in German is what it means.
2: Smoke beer every day.
3: Yes. (laughs) The intensity of smoke character can vary widely. Uh, Not all examples are highly smoked allow for variation in the style when judging. Um, other examples of smoked beers are available in Germany based on styles such as Dunkelsbach, Weissbier, Dunkel, Schwarzbier, and Hellas, including examples such as uh Spezial Lager, I'm probably saying that wrong. Uh these should be entered in the classic style smoked beer category. This description specifically refers to the smoked Märzen version.
2: There's dear smoked Märzen I'm like, okay, maybe maybe
3: but it makes me think of the victory honestly
2: mm, yeah
3: um a historical specialty of the city of Bamberg in the Franconian region of Bavaria in Germany beechwood smoked malt is used to make a märzen style amber lager the smoke character of the malt varies by maltster which is a thing uh some breweries produce their own smoked malt uh rauchmalt nice um German Rauschmalz.
2: Sorry, Rauschmalz sounds <laughs> Sounds kind of funny.
3: Yeah, it does. It's great. Uh, German Rauschmalz, uh, beechwood smoked Vienna type malt, typically makes up twenty to one hundred percent of the green bill, with the remainder being German malts typically used in American. Some breweries adjust the color slightly with a bit of roasted malt, uh, German lager yeast, German or Czech hops. So you're gonna get twenty to thirty IBUs. Uh four point eight to six percent ABV. Okay, so um, we're in like
2: beer category now.
3: Yeah, like a an average kind of thing. Um it does have some nice commercial examples. You get the um, Eisenbahn Rauschbier, Kaiserdum Rauschbier, uh Schleckeria. <laughs>
2: Kaiserdom Rauschbier is the most German sounding thing <laughs> <that> I think <laughs> I've heard. Um
3: Schlenkerla Rauschbier Mertzen. Uh, Special Roush Beer Meritsen and Victory Scarlet Fire Roush Beer. Ooh. Mm. Um, the last two categories allow a beer to be entered that would not normally be considered a traditional or historical type, and it may not fit into any other of the other two categories. Or the other categories, sorry. Uh, any style of beer can be smoked. The goal is to reach a pleasant balance between the smoke character and the base beer style. Entries should be judged on how well the style is represented and how well it's balanced with the smoke character. Entries with a specific type of, type or types of smoke cited will be judged on how well the type of smoke is recognizable and marries with the base style and added ingredients. Judges should evaluate um, the beers mostly on the overall balance and how well the smoke character and added ingredients enhance the base beer. So that that all makes, makes sense. Um, if you're just going to smoke, you know, whatever you feel like smoking. Um,
5: <laughs> smoke whatever. Uh, so we category...
3: 32a is classic style smoked beer so um, a smoke enhanced beer showing good balance between the smoke and beer character while remaining pleasant to drink balance in the use of smoke hops and malt character is exhibited by the better examples Uh, the style is any bit any beer that exhibits smoke as a principal flavor and aroma characteristic characteristic other than the bomberg style Rausch beer um, which has its own style. So the commercial examples it lists are Alaskan smoked porter, which sounds great. Um, the, gosh, the Schlenkerle uh, Weissen Roush Beer. Schlenkerle Erbach. Rausch Beer, uh, Special Bock Beer, Special Lager Beer, and Special Weiss Beer. So alaska smoked porter was the easiest word there and (laughs) that's what i would try to look for
5: (laughs) i think that schlinkera and special are both uh two german breweries that specialize in making smoked beers and so their Rausch beer may be like their big beer like their one that they and then these other beers are like it was saying earlier these beers are other beers that they make but they tend to just put smoked malt in everything gotcha kind of the way they go so if you were to make a porter, like it says here, the Alaskan smoked porter, if you were making a porter and you added smoke to it, um, smoked malts, that would be something that's in this category because it's the classic style. I'd say what most of us are drinking, I know what I'm drinking is probably the this style, and that's most of what you'll see. Normally, it's out of these two, but that's most of what you'll see on the beer market today.
2: Hmm.
5: The smesh, the specialty smoked beer. Specialty. Specialty. <laughs> The specialty smoked beer category, however, um, is either a smoked beer based on something other than a classic style or any type of smoked beer with additional ingredients like fruits, vegetables, and spices or processes employed that transfer the beer into something more unique. So um, that would be something like doing a smoked beer with chilies Hmm. or um, where smoke is kind of the key thing. You could have a chili beer. Um, and enter that into the chili beer or, or spice, fruit, and veg category. I
2: never immediately think chili peppers. All I think of is just a big bowl of meaty, <laughs> bean-filled chili. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, mm, getting hungry again. <laughs> just ate, but go for some chili. Always. Yep. So
5: this is a smoke-enhanced beer, showing good balance between the smoke and the beer character again, and the added gre- ingredients to that. While it's remaining pleasant to drink, balance is... Uh, the use of the smoke the hops the malt and this character of the added ingredient in there altogether so um, that's the specialty smoked beer category now some scottish beer styles in the bjcp used to actually say that they you can put smoked malt into the profile Um, but that was probably due to a misunderstanding in the way these beers were made so ray daniels writes in designing great beers how he believes the concept of smoked scottish beers was probably because everybody says, oh, yes, Scottish beers, because you've got scotch and it's it's smoky. Um, that's that's what you probably will have for your uh, beers as well. Um, so he thinks that it came from a uh, last measure for war-torn Europe in the mid-1900s around World War II. The lack of supplies uh, that were being diverted to the war effort probably had brewers switching to wood-fired kilns or peat-fired uh, kilns instead of coke, uh, which was you know it was it was post revolution uh the uh, industrial revolution and so they were all on these coke fired malts but they had to send a lot of that coal the coke to steel factories and and that way they could make planes and um, all kinds of equipment for the war effort so due to that these gis that were coming back from europe probably had been tasting the beers of europe that weren't done the way it was traditionally done over the past 100 years so they come back and they say, oh, yeah, I had that that Scottish beer and it was really smoky. Um, I think one of the earlier examples was was in in the history section. It talked about it in Germany um, that happening and they come back and they say, oh, yeah, it's smoky. Whenever we write the, the category guidelines, we have to make sure that they say that sometimes you'll find smoke in this because some of the, the breweries use smoky characters. Well, that probably isn't the case. And in fact, now the BJCP actually goes into um, the scottish beer style and says smoke character is inappropriate as any found traditionally would have come from peat in the water source scottish l's with a smoked character should be entered in the classic style smoked beer um oh, wow. so it's not even though traditionally up until this version um smoked beer has been considered a scottish beer has been considered a smoked beer that is incorrect and so they they actually made that change now there are styles that are listed in the B that are not listed in the BJCP guide, and I thought they would be interesting to uh, mention. These are styles that probably haven't gotten enough enough prop uh, popularity to really be uh, brewed often. Um, one, remember,
2: <laughs> it, brew early, brew often. <laughs> uh,
5: this one uh, I did not give you all all the, the difficult words on this one. I looked got- down, I was
2: like, well at least at least Casey picked one for himself.
5: <laughs> yeah. uh, Gotland Strindic... St- got. Got, gut, lan, stry, stry. Got, got got
2: not gonna work here anymore <laughs>
5: <laughs> uh, okay it's i I, th- I think this is swedish so you're probably closer on the, <laughs> the finnish side and swedish side languages than i am uh a traditional home-brewed alcoholic beverage made in the islands of gotland in sweden um it is a kind of l closely related to the sati from finland uh, with a smoky bittersweet spicy juniper flavor it is similar to an everyday drink used in the viking age in most nordic countries huh. the kind of uh brewing uh the the tradition of brewing drika which is uh, that type of beverage um has survived on Gotland. a process that was originally carried out exclusively by women Difficult to produce for commercial distribution, it has become a cultural marker for Gotlanders. An annual Dricka Brewing World Championship is held in Gotland each autumn. So That'd be
4: awesome. If we wanted to do an episode on this, uh, Jungle Gems does carry a non-alcoholic version for around the holidays. Really? Yes, you huh. can get it Sweet. over in the uh, I think the oh Sweden, in Sweden okay. the Sweden Pavilion.
2: Okay.
5: Wow. Um, there's yeah, also
2: oh go ahead sorry all ahead. i can think of when i hear Gotland is like is that like is that like are there geats there is that is this beowulf land
5: <laughs> probably yes that uh, i think that I is that so. very much so um then you've got the estonia kudulu, um, um, kudulu. i don't know if another... estonian is
3: Finnish. is similar to Finnish, but it, like otherwise it would be kudulu
5: i
2: like kudulu however you want to go yeah
5: <laughs> you're the expert not really um <laughs> another scandinavian folk brew name literally just means homebrew um it's a pale beer in which may or may not have used smoked malt again it goes back to how close you were to industrial revolution Mm. and how close you are currently to to an industrialized area where your malt can come from a factory rather than um coming from something that you you created yourself um being that these are homebrews it's probably a lot more on the side of smoked malt uh, in a method almost identical to sati, the mash is drained through juniper branches and berries to allow the the wart to run off. Um,
2: so- i I love the way that that sati is made. Mm. Yeah, yeah, just hollow out a cut a log in half, like basically cut a tree in half, hollow out a trough, put branches on it, and then pour your your essentially your wart over it. Mm-hmm. it's so cool. <laughs>
5: Uh, strangely however um, in traditional versions the wort is not boiled but instead hops are boiled in water and the hopped up water is added to the brew in rates that suggest it probably had between 40 and 60 IBUs
1: Um,
5: what my guess is uh, with this being a non-boiled beer uh, this is probably something that's drank really fresh like within a week because otherwise you'll get some spoilage there
2: Mm, yeah it doesn't even sound much like a beer, more like a uh, more like a like a hop tea. <laughs>
5: yeah. Well, you, you add that hop tea to it, yeah. So yeah. if it didn't have the malt that fermented, yeah, definitely. Um, the last one comes from France, and I put it in here because it's not necessarily a style, but it is a a specific beer. So much like how we we say that the um, Czech the Czech Pilsner mm, okay. is a style. Um, it all originates from the uh, Pilsner Urkel. And so that's kind of what the, the main version of that is. So this beer is, is a specific beer from the Alsace region of France uh, that incorporates whiskey malt into the mash bill, giving the beer a smoky flavor. And so if more beers were kind of picking up this technique, this would eventually turn into a style that originated uh, with this Alsace. And brewery. How,
3: how would you pronounce that word?
5: Uh, Adelscott or Adelscott?
2: I don't know. No, give, yeah. bit, I just... give it a bit of a German tinge because uh, <laughs> right, like Germany thinks that that's their land. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh,
5: so today on the American microbrewing scene, the porter seems to be the most common style uh, that incorporates smoke, bock. Scottish ales, brown ale, and stout are also favored from time to time. As noted earlier, London porter was expected to have a smoky character in the 19th century, but for about 150 years after that, the porter was absent of this... <laughs> I feel like this was written by Brittany. Glorious enhancement. It was not, but it very well
3: <laughs> easily could have been. With <laughs>
5: uh, Where comes in the Alaskan Brewing Company of Juneau, who reintroduced, reintroduced the world to smoked porter in 1988. Having shared their respective wares with the nearby Taku Smokeries, specializing in salmon, they had them smoke some malt with alderwood from their for their porter. A finer collaboration could not have been imagined. It was full and robust at 6.5% ABV, creamy, black as night, and ages with grace. Mm-hmm. Being seasonal and not distributed widely is one of the most coveted brews in America, and a show-stopping example of what experimental microbrewing is all about. These days, there are numerous smoked porters, many outstanding, who emulate which emulate the blueprint set forth by Alaska 22 years ago. I can say I was researching in one of my books uh, and earlier today, and I actually did see uh, somebody telling a story about the homebrew or was it the home? It was either the homebrewers or the brewing convention, the GABF. I can't remember which it was. There was a brewing convention when that year they brought this beer and a plateful of smoked salmon, like a huge pile oh, of this smoked God. salmon down mm. to uh, where the brewery was or where the, the their hotel room, basically, where they were having a little party and all of these big names in brewing were able to go in and, and taste this. And that's kind of uh, it, it's really those weird back room type of things where. They, the brewers can kind of ask each other, okay, well, how did you do this? What did you do this? And and that's yeah. what kind of spreads some of these flavors, places that you would never expect them to go. God, I love
4: smoked salmon. <laughs> um, Good thing we're going to oh, make yeah. some. Well, not smoked, uh, but we're going to make some salmon.
5: Um, smoked malt is also made in America with Brees Malting Company in Chilton, Wisconsin, curing their delectable rendition of cherry wood malt, um kiln to a five love bond, which is a very light, very light color. Uh roughly the color of a Vienna malt. Um equal uh and with and the equal of any other uh according to this. It is it has no doubt flavored many a microbrew. Uh the long smoldering Rausch beer culture of Bomberg has been fanned by flames recently by the burning interest in the traditional and regional beer. Um this has sparked a further appreciation for smoky character and other beer styles with soothing ambience that we find in a slow cooked food and flickering fireplaces.
3: Yes. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I obviously I am in full support of this, this style or various styles of beer. Um, I've had, I've had both. So I've had like the smoked, like the darker beers I think do make more sense for the smoke flavor, like because it mentioned like porters and stouts are kind of what you see a lot of, maybe some brown ales, but um, I have had a smoked pale ale, and it was really good, um, but it's it's definitely not common. Um, I think it's it, it may be a little off putting for people. I think the rich flavors of a stout or a porter go really well with the smoke.
4: Hmm. And can we just I say? Could, I could probably agree with that. Yeah. Can we just say. Hey, 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 smoke <laughs> beer every day. <laughs> yes.
2: Uh, like, some days. I I need, I need, need. have developed an eclectic palate, and I need more than just one type to satisfy me. Fair enough. <laughs>
5: Smoked beers are more of my IPA from you guys two years ago. Uh,
2: oh, yeah. Oh. Huh, okay. <laughs> or my sours from three years ago. <laughs> yeah, probably. Now you're like, like, just oh. before the show started, I was like, you know what? These are actually pretty good.
4: <laughs> All right, well. Speaking, Speaking of that, yeah.
2: <laughs> drink with me, friend.
3: Yeah, my beer did not make that sound when uh, <laughs> the pouring happened because I am, in fact, drinking to style. Um, I've got a smoked porter from Warped Wing Brewing in Dayton, Ohio. It's called Creep Show. Uh,
2: creep. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> It, it's meant to be a little scary, I guess.
4: As their <laughs> Halloween like, yeah, beer, yeah,
3: just in time for Halloween. Um, it is, uh, of course, with that the ABV is six point six six percent, forty IBUs. Beer Advocate scores three point nine seven, that's out of five, so it's not too bad. Um, the description is a uh, tan brown in color with dark malt flavors such as roast, chocolate, vanilla along with mildly mildly assertive smoked malt flavor and aroma. Uh, Finishes dry with a smoky aftertaste. That is all true. Um, I love this and it's almost gone. Um, Porter is one of my favorite styles generally and like a smoked porter is just like the best thing ever. Um, It's it's just one of my favorite styles altogether. Uh, This one's really good. Um, I haven't gotten to have a lot of smoked porters. I think I've had more smoked stouts. Than anything else for some reason, um, but I think this is a really good beer to have. Like it's it's finally getting colder where we live, so it, porters are a great. Um,
2: there late there was fall, snow today here.
3: Oh really, nice. Like
2: Adam saw a little bit as he was mm-hmm. going out to get
3: food. Jealous, um, but yeah, like I I think like Por- porters are perfect for like late fall into winter, just like it's like that warming beer that feels like dessert and yeah. It's like having a hot cocoa, except with alcohol. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm I'm loving this. This is really good, and I would if you. I I don't know what their distribution looks like since they're kind of local-ish for us. Um, but if you can find it, definitely grab it.
5: They're national against they? the grain. Okay. Is I don't know. No, oh, uh, sorry. Warped Warped wrong one. I was I was looking. Sorry. Yeah, I wing. Wing. I'll have to look and see on them. I think they're just regional
4: it. at the moment. Spoilers, Casey. I'm
5: sorry. <laughs> uh, I was looking at. Another person's
2: <laughs> that that yeah. gracious segue. Um uh yeah, I am drinking something from Against the Grain. Uh the Mac Fanny Ball.
3: <laughs> that name though.
2: Yeah. Uh it is a bourbon barrel aged smoked ale. It's eight point five percent ABV, uh eighty oh, score I'm sorry, what?
3: Twenty-eight IBUs.
2: Twenty-eight IBUs. Yeah, I just found it on untapped. Okay. Uh, beer adv- advocate score of three point five seven, and the brewery description is truly a groundbreaking beer. <laughs> this barrel-aged Rausch beer was an attempt to replicate the flavors of the uh, uh, flavors present in an in Islay Irish, uh, not Irish. Isla. All right, Islay Scotch whiskey. Mm. Okay, there we go. My tongue's not, not smart. It's been a very uh, German
3: episode. It's fine. <laughs>
2: We used Munich malt as a base and added copious amounts of beechwood and peat-smoked malt, which provides an intense, smoky, and earthy peat flavors found in Scotch. The addition of alderwood smoke salt leads to crisp brightness reminiscent of the sea air in the Islay region of Scotland, aged and used Angel's Envy bourbon barrels to give an intense caramel, vanilla, and whiskey flavor. Bullshit! Really? Wow. Tastes like ham. <laughs> oh my gosh. It tastes only like ham. Like smoked ham.
3: I was going to say, the description sounds
2: amazing.
3: But yeah, apparently I wish I had true. the
2: beer they described.
1: Oh my gosh.
4: That's so a, smoked ham.
2: Like, I got angrier as I read that description. I was like, this doesn't taste like like scotch. This tastes like ham. Okay, a, a nice peaty <laughs> scotch it like, like beer. ham. It tastes like ham. I might as well be having a ham sandwich.
4: That's amazing. I mean... That a ham beer doesn't sound terrible. We've had scrapple beer.
2: I No, Scrapple Beer was better than this. This this literally just tastes like
3: Is it bad? Like ham. Like does it not taste
2: good? I can only taste ham. Like, it's not what I want out of beer.
3: <laughs> like, I don't know that it's bad or good. It's just that it's so ham, is, and I shouldn't like, be drinking it. <laughs> it's like that
4: episode of Invader Zim when he puts the uh, pork curse on Gaz. <laughs> it, she, look, someone tastes... cursed
2: this beer with a meaty fate. <laughs> oh. Man, Meats that's... so evil.
3: <laughs> that's so unfortunate, because uh, the description sounds amazing. Like Yeah, I,
2: all I get is ham.
3: That's un- <laughs> wow. Okay.
2: And... Like it, it really like I've been trying because like, I got a bomber of this and I've been like trying to drink some on it. And I'm like, it's it's okay, I guess. And I take another sip. It's ham. It's cloying <laughs> ham. Like it just sticks on your tongue. I still taste ham, and I haven't had a drink in like three minutes. Wow. Uh,
3: Jesus, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, that is the weirdest thing. Oh, and then uh, on the pronunciation of the thing, I only know that because that was on that episode of Modern Rogue. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> At the I... wizard tower
2: my whole mouth just got confused because i read scotch whiskey and i went i i was hoping you were about to say ta- like ham so i could go okay
3: well
4: done because <laughs> like you were angry it. about
3: the ham so your whole mouth was like no this is wrong this is the whole thing that's wow okay <laughs>
4: <laughs> all right um moving on <laughs> <laughs> So uh, as per my norm, I am not drinking the style. I was actually we eyeing. Good... We had him on a good train for a while. Yeah, yeah, and yeah.
3: It's only because we had so much beer in the fridge, and he was like, "I just can't warrant like buying a single yeah. special beer."
4: <laughs> I was actually eyeing the uh, one of the smoked sours. So that Ugh. I really wish I'd gone that route, uh, mm-hmm. but I did not. I grabbed something else that's actually been sitting around since our Denver trip. Jesus. So I grabbed the Smog City Coffee Porter. Uh, It's from Smog City, and the style is a coffee porter. Who would have thought? (laughs) ABV 6%. I could not find IBUs anywhere, and there is, like, no hot bitterness to this, so I would assume it's, like, next to nothing. Beer Advocate score is 4.07, and I agree with that. It is a very fine beer. Uh, Brewery's description, gold medal winner 2012 uh, GABF in Denver for coffee beer a coffee beer rather than a beer with coffee. So they, there was a short description, but there is a like two-paragraph description on the bottle. And I will just say uh, it is a damn fine coffee porter. <laughs> damn fine.
3: Well, the last line was like, like a chocolate-covered espresso bean is what it says. Yeah,
4: yeah, that's... No, it is dark chocolate-covered espresso beans. That is exactly what this I beer mean, that, is. Fine. I love it. I've never been happier to go off-style. <laughs>
3: I was just saying, that it's like that beer was made for you. Actually.
4: And this was, uh, this was from Brian, who uh, writes in occasionally. Brian from Denver, although not oh, yeah. from Denver, but that's just how we refer to him. But Brian, thanks a lot. This one is amazing. He
3: resides yeah. in Denver. It's fine.
4: He resides in Denver currently. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> enough to be from somewhere.
2: Yeah.
5: Um, I picked up from Left Hand Brewing a smoked Imperial Porter, the Smoke Jumper. Uh, 8.8% ABV, probably in the 30 IBUs, maybe a little bit less um, area there. I couldn't find IBUs anywhere listed because this beer is actually not on their website. I don't think they've made it recently. Um, so I found it on a shelf like yesterday. Or maybe they <laughs> made
2: it very recently and they just haven't gotten around to... Possibly. Possibly, maybe.
5: Um, but the expiration date, as Bob was able to read, doesn't kick in until like 2021. So,
2: wow. Could have could have sat on that beer for decades. Yeah. <laughs> so we're good there. Okay. Maybe uh, beer not decades. Advocate... But... <laughs> but still. <laughs> yeah, <maybe>. eight, eight. <laughs> Depends on when they released. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
5: beer advocate score of point, uh, 4.02. And I'm not a big
2: fan of smoked beers, period. But this one's okay. It's not huge, smoky. I'm um, really kind of wishing because me and Casey had this moment where it's like, because we were we were picking up these beers, he happened to be in Lexington, so we were picking it up together. And I was like, "It's either gonna be one of these or the other." He's like, "Well, I'm gonna pick the one you don't." I wish I had gone your way.
4: I <laughs> mean, either of you could have got the baby Schlager. <laughs> no. Which <laughs> no. Gets, no, which gets which gets the no, award for the we, most. We would
2: have had a very long conversation about about the baby Schlagers imagery, which we're not doing today. No. So if just you,
4: look that up. If you're yeah. still listening, yeah, just
2: look it up. Look, we're not talking about it.
4: If you're still listening, go look up against the grain. Uh, against the grain, yes. Yeah, their baby schlager label, and it is up there. It's for
3: suggestive. We'll just say that <laughs> most
4: suggestive label I have ever laid eyes on. Wow. Uh, oh,
5: I I do want to go ahead and and so I mentioned that I saw that I did find the place in the book where I I found the um the antidote from uh, it was Randy Mosher that I actually put anecdote. it in. Anecdote. Anecdote. Anecdote.
2: Anecdote is a cure to a poison. Cured of the
5: story. <laughs> um, so he talks about getting uh invited into a hospitality suite at the 1988 American Homebrew Association convention. So that's where it was, where rogue brewer John Mayer, uh, then of Alaskan Brewery, uh, was greeted. Greeting... A...
2: No, no, John Mayer's uh, a... I know, a
5: musician. uh, this one is M A I E R. Oh,
2: no okay. I. yep. Uh, <laughs> I heard the name and I was like. Did he come in and tell him that his body was a wonderland and he's got beer for him? (laughs) Nice.
5: Uh, So he had there, he was greeting visitors with a bathtub of earthly delights, a cool quarter barrel of smoked porter, Mm. and its natural soulmate, a big plastic bag of smoked cured salmon belly strips.
2: Mm. (laughs) All I can think of when I hear is a bathtub of earthly delights. Like, Isn't that like after Chris and Brittany's wedding?
1: Hey. Oh,
5: yes, that's exactly what it would have been. It, just because a keg on
2: ice. That, in no, a bathtub. no, seriously.
5: If that was the hospitality yeah. suite, they were in a they were in a hotel room and there was a bathtub and they <laughs> filled it full of ice and salmon.
2: Yeah, that's amazing. That's that's
5: exactly what happened.
4: But hey, for that what, we had a quarter keg barrel and it we emptied the ice machines on like two floors. <laughs> two floors. Yep. Like we were we were making trips. No, we had a fire
2: brigade, like it was a bucket line. <laughs>
5: Right. Ice bucket challenge. That was to fill the bathtub full of ice. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. So, so All did you, right. Did you so like? To rid- you, gotta, you gotta you gotta save someone after you take out their kidney somehow. Yeah.
5: Yeah, that's probably what everybody was thinking as you you ran through that days in or wherever it was that we were. <laughs> so Casey, uh,
4: how did you feel overall about Smoke Jumper?
5: It was. I mean, it's it's a good beer for the category. It's just not my category.
2: It's not your cup of tea. Fair. Yeah.
5: It's it's probably a well-made smoked beer. Um, it's just not. <laughs> and, and it's know, a good imperial porter too
2: you know i gotta say with mine when i think about it this is probably actually close to what a rouch beer is supposed to be
4: you just don't like okay. the beer. barrel
2: aging it somehow
4: minus the I ham expect,
2: i expected something else when i saw be- barrel gotcha. aged and i was like oh all right here
5: we go and so and- with that that beer specifically, you could put it into a couple different categories depending on what the main flavor component was. if it had warm, it in,
2: I would put it in Roush beer. I would not put it in barrel aged you, <laughs> yeah,
5: so you could put it in Roush beer. um if the barrel doesn't show at all, if the if you're not getting any additional flavors there, if you're um if you're thinking that it's more of a barrel beer because it, it, it didn't have anything else added to it, just the barrel, right?
2: I think so. I think it was just yeah. aged and
5: in... if the barrel wasn't Cali... showing.
2: How they smoked them all then and then they aged it in, in a barrel.
5: Yeah. If that barrel was not showing well, um, it would not perform well in that in the barrel edge category. Yeah. <laughs>
1: all
5: right. All right. So anything else, guys? I
4: think that's it. I think that does it.
5: Yeah. All right. You can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com. Follow us at Have a Drink Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And please rate the show on iTunes and YouTube to help spread the word.
2: You can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com, dot com, or you can uh, visit the feedback page on the website. Or, always my favorite, stand out in the stand out in your street corner with this question written on a sandwich board.
4: Sandwich board, You'll probably best, by. best best way to read, reach us. Yeah, we're we're always is, around. we're always watching.
5: Who is haveadrinkshow.com? dot com?
4: If we do shirts, I swear there's going to be a guy a with a
5: sandwich, sandwich board.
2: board. Yeah, the have a drink is nigh. <laughs>
4: <laughs> all right guys all joking and fun aside I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly uber lift you know the drill
5: we did this past when we had that party um over at her sister's house with all those jello shots we actually got her sister to come and pick us up and then we took a lift back it was it was the best decision we made, just um, so made either... like
2: everyone just passed out at at their house and you're just like all right we just throw up our keys somewhere <laughs> <laughs> maybe a fishbowl wait that's a different thing
4: different oh, kind yeah. of party
5: I remember Ice, uh, what was it Ice Storm? The movie where yeah. I first learned of that sort of thing? <laughs> that was a weird movie.
3: So, check us out next Saturday for our next live video episode, and in a couple of weeks for the next audio episode. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
5: I'm Justin Frazier.
4: I'm Christopher Walker.
5: And I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.